Super Talk Mississippi media production. Specializing in Ford, Nissan, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Rams. CorinthAutoGroup.com and FordOfCorinth.com, where cars and happy drivers meet. Visit us now in person or online with the experience you deserve. Welcome in. Good to see you on this Masters Thursday. You are listening to Mike in the Morning. I'm Michael Borky. Always glad that you are with me. And yes, it is Masters Thursday. I'm not going to be talking about that much today, though. I'm focusing on college football. A meme that was going around uh, got me thinking about something. And it involves the postseason and why I think that college football ruined its postseason by going to a playoff. I'll explain. It's not as hot takey as that sounds, I promise. But I do think college football made a mistake in the way they formatted the change to the playoff. I think they made a mistake, so we'll talk about that. Of course, though, I want to talk Masters, especially because this just came across my feed just now. And I've got to show this to you. I can't not show this to you. This is what Brooks Kepka is wearing today. Um, I, I mean, what what is this, Brooks? Whoa. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you what, man. You have got to play well. You have got to play well if this is what you're going to be wearing on the course. If you're listening uh, on the podcast, Brooks Kepka has black pants on and highlighter. I mean, just bright highlighter, pink jacket with a pink shirt and an all pink hat underneath. Um I wonder if it's some possibly a breast cancer awareness thing, which would be awesome. But if it's not, uh, you better play well if you're going to be dressed like that. I mean, it's one of those things where you need like an eclipse watching, you know, one of those cutout things to watch an eclipse to just look at him play today. Oh, Brooks, what are you doing, man? Not uh, not good at all. But uh, welcome in, of course. And I'm always glad to see you guys. Thank you for tuning in uh, this is on YouTube. So if YouTube is your preferred method of choice, just uh, search my name right there. Hit that subscribe button. The stream's on YouTube every day. If you're watching on stream and you want it in podcast form, this does get uploaded in podcast form every day as well. It's just the morning live stream. Search Mike in the morning. Or in Spotify, my name will turn up results. Uh, Hit that subscribe button there as well. Leave a rating and a review. And thank you uh, for tuning in. We've got, uh, this is going to be a shorter one today. Uh, and I will be off tomorrow. Uh, I will not be on the radio show tomorrow. I will not be doing one of these tomorrow either. Uh, the family and I are heading down to New Orleans for just uh, a little weekend uh, away, visiting uh, or meeting with my folks down there. And uh, we're just going to spend some time, mess around the Garden District and take the little guy to the zoo and stuff like that. So probably have some good food and beer as well. But uh, anyway, so last one of the week, won't be able to talk Thursdays around with you. We've only got, as of this recording, uh, 15 players on the course right now. Hudson Swafford's off to a good start. He's two under through six. Uh, he was in the first group out, uh, so putting up a good number early, but again, only uh, only 15 guys on the course right now. Um, Ian Poulter and Brendan Todd are about to be on the course. Uh, 
the tea times that you are probably looking forward to, the first guy uh, that I know that has mass appeal that will be on the course, I think, is Brooks Kepka at 9.06. And he'll be playing with Bubba Watson as well. Um, I mean, Cameron Champ is a little bit earlier. Uh, he won a Sanderson Farm for whatever that's worth. He hits the ball a mile. Um, but, yeah, it'll the day will really get started when uh, when Brooks and Bubba tee off at 9. Sergio Garcia is in the group after that. Dustin Johnson's at 9.30. John Rahm's at 9.42, uh, as is Rory McIlroy. John Rahm just had a kid. Uh, so you know he's going to be playing fast and loose today. He only had one practice round. Uh, he got into Augusta yesterday because he was still, of course, uh, with his uh, with his wife and uh, welcoming in a beautiful uh, little baby into the world. So you know he's going to have that dad bump. So John Rahm's probably a good pick this week. Everybody's saying, oh, no, I mean, he, he's only played one practice round. How can you pick him? He's going to get the dad bump. I'm telling you, it's coming. John Rahm's going to have a good week as well. In our uh, radio show pool, uh, we did it where he, all three of us, you had to pick two guys in the top 20, two more guys from 21 to 45, and then two more guys from 45 in the rest of the field. And I used uh, rankings that CBS used. So not the World Golf rankings, but I just found a good content item from CBS I liked. Uh, they ranked the players one through 87 or whatever. Uh, my six guys are Dustin Johnson, Justin Thomas, Phil Mickelson, Daniel Berger, Kevin Kisner, and the aforementioned Cameron Champ. So those were my picks this week for whatever it's worth. But you guys are not here to talk Masters. It's college football. And it all started with a meme. Um, Brandon Marshall was on some kind of uh, video or podcast or something, and uh, he was talking about NBA players and their contracts. And for some reason, he got into like this, I guess you can call it passionate, but just was screaming, screaming about NBA players and only a couple of guys on the team have fully guaranteed contracts. Now, that is um, that is inaccurate, which has created a meme. I mean, he is just screaming about something that he's just completely wrong about. And so it's kind of become this thing. And I'll share my screen with you again. Uh, forgive me if uh, there's some noise. The tree guys are out removing some of the stuff I cut this weekend. Um, but here is what sparked this conversation with me today. Um, this right here. And it says, what's a college football take that you'll that ha- that will have you defending it like this? And it's that picture of Brandon Marshall just screaming. I mean, I don't understand it either. He was wrong, and he was very passionately yelling about it. And my reply is, my response is that the BCS had a postseason. The BCS era had a postseason in college football. I hope you guys can't hear that. That is quite loud. I do appreciate them doing that, but uh, it is, uh, it's not quiet, so I hope you guys can't hear that. Um, the BCS had a postseason – that was more compelling in totality than the college football playoff era. That is something that uh, that's a take that I will scream like Brandon Marshall about, even if I'm wrong. I, I think that the BCS era overall had a more compelling postseason than the college football playoff era. And here's a few reasons why. Just before I dive into it, just off the top, every bowl game mattered at least a little bit more. Uh, the Rose Bowl and the Sugar Bowl and, and these games 
had more meaning attached to them because there was only one national championship game where now that we have the playoff, it feels like even the access bowls and their impact has been diminished. You have players opting out, seemingly not really caring that much. Everything in college football now is about the playoff. Even like the conversations during the season. I mean, every Saturday morning on college game day, it's, well, you know, uh, who's in the playoff hunt? Who's in the playoff hunt? This game has playoff implications. We have created a situation in college football where three games matter. The two semifinals and the national championship. In the BCS era, Every bowl game mattered a little bit more. So we had matchups in the postseason. We had more of them that felt like there were stakes in the game. And you had complete rosters playing in those games. The opt-out thing wasn't really happening because it felt like the games were still incredibly important. And I think in the BCS era, most importantly to me, they got the national champion right. They got the national champion right. Right. People have qualms about 2004 Auburn. I, I hear that. Absolutely. Um, Southern Cal won that national championship 55 to 19, though. But aside from 2004, there's really not much of an argument against the teams that won the national championship in the BCS era. So they were getting it right. I don't think the playoff, if it didn't, if it didn't exist, we'd have the same national champions, possibly. Maybe not Ohio State. But there's no qualms about who won the national championship with the exception of one year in the BCS era. I think now, with the creation of the playoff, nothing has changed. There's still a significant gap between the best teams in the country and not. And now bowl games have mattered less because of opt-outs or something like that. I think the college football playoff was a mistake. And there's only there's two ways to fix it. One of them I, I don't think is is possible, really. Um, and the first one is obvious. It's expansion. And we talk about expansion a good bit. Uh, going to eight teams, even though Alabama probably still runs through everybody this year, at least you have more games with stakes on them, if that makes sense. That's what I'm missing in college football. Parity's a, a big issue, but we have fewer and fewer games that actually matter. An example I used back in the fall was after Iowa State lost on October 3rd and eliminated the Big 12 from it, essentially eliminated the Big 12 from the college football playoff. The Pac 12 never had a team that was even in consideration. After October 3rd, not a single college football game was played that mattered west of the Mississippi River. Seriously. Not a single college football game that was played west of the Mississippi River mattered because, I mean, who cares about the Rose Bowl anymore? You know, who cares about the Cotton Bowl? Nobody. I mean, half the team's not going to play. So they either need to expand to make it to where every conference every week has games that matter because the only way – everybody would love it to just be the top eight. That's not how it would work. If they would expand to eight, it would be five conference champions, the best team in the group of five and two at largest. That's the only way you'd get everybody to agree to it. If you did it that way, every conference, every weekend would have games that matter instead of what just happened this past year, where, like I said, west of the Mississippi River, 
did not have a meaningful college football game after October 3rd. They didn't have one. The Pac-12, the West Coast, didn't have a game this season, not one that had playoff implications. And that's the only thing that matters anymore. So if you expand to eight, at least you bring in the rest of the country and make every Saturday interesting again, whereas it wasn't the case this year at all. Or, and it's probably too late for this, but this is what they should have done. This is what they should have done instead of getting rid of the BCS and going to the playoff and ruining the postseason in college football. A more compelling postseason where the Rose Bowl felt like it mattered, where the Sugar Bowl felt like it mattered, where the Cotton Bowl felt like it mattered, and you did have the national championship game where when you scroll through the BCS national champions, can you tell me one team that didn't deserve it? No. Same thing with the playoff. The playoff is doing its job. If you look at the teams that have won since 2014, do you have a single, eh, I don't know about that, reaction to any of them? No. So the national champion is still getting rightfully crowned, but what they should have done is instead of adding a four-team playoff, diminishing the existence of bowl games, what they should have done was played the bowl games, all of them, and then formatted the playoff. Either just adding one game, which is what I would have done, or you can go to the playoff, but make the bowl season matter more. College football's problem right now, its biggest problem to me is lack of compelling games, lack of games that matter, lack of games that have stakes on them. We don't have that very much right now. It doesn't really exist. So what's a good way to solve that? Create a system in which more games matter. So either expand, get to eight, where conference champions do mean something, and every Saturday, every conference has games that matter, or get rid of the playoff. It's too late for this. This is what they should have done. No playoff. Play your bowl games where the Big Ten champion plays in the Rose Bowl against the Pac-12 champion. The SEC champion goes to the Sugar Bowl. Play all the bowl games and then pick your playoff teams. Because at that point, you'd have five, six games where the teams involved think that they've got a shot at making the playoff. No more opt-outs. No more meaningless bowl game talk around college football. It would end that completely. Keep your bowl games, play them, then seed the playoff. It would expand the number of games that matter. And that, to me, is college football's biggest problem, is there are not enough games that matter. So I'm Brandon Marshall. I, that, that is a take that I, I would die on, or a hill that I would die on. The college football playoff is not as a compelling of a postseason as the BCS era, and we can fix it. Things need to change, though. I mean – this isn't exciting anymore. It's not It's not fun every Saturday like it used to be because it felt like every Saturday mattered. It doesn't now. Those two things, I love the bowl game idea, would fix it and would give us more compelling games more often. So that is a hill that I'm prepared to die on. The BCS gave us a better postseason than the college football playoff. The BCS was better for the sport than the college football playoff, and it needs to get fixed or else We've got a real problem on our hands. The college basketball national championship game 
was down 14% from the last one that, that existed. And even still, it almost had the same number of people watch as the College Football National Championship. You can't tell me there's a problem. And it's all it takes is one person to put their hand up with an idea that makes sense, like these two, to fix it. But you know how this goes. They're, they're too stubborn. They're too stubborn to do so. But anyway, that is a, that's a hill that I would die on. The BCS created a better playoff. Those are your two solutions to fix it. It would make college football better, and we need that to be the case. Speaking of college football, here I'll give you this story before I head out. Like I said, I'm going to be a little bit shorter today. I've got some stuff to do, and, and I will be off tomorrow. So um, y'all have a great weekend. But as the world turns in Baton Rouge, every day there's a new story about this LSU thing. You had uh, yesterday uh, lawmakers were considering subpoena, uh, sending subpoenas to specifically Ed Orgeron, which was the, the most newsworthy thing. Uh, to testify because he sent a statement instead of voluntarily going to testify. And uh, lawmakers did not like being said no to at all from the football coach that uh, is wrapped up in this deal with Darius Geis and uh, the woman that he uh, allegedly um, verbally uh, assaulted at the Superdome. Um, Just wrote a letter instead. That wasn't adequate. They were considering subpoenas. And now... LSU, this is uh, news uh, from WBRZ this morning, or I guess, oh, it was, uh, it was this was yesterday. I'm just now seeing it, though. Um, either way, LSU will not allow any of its employees to answer questions from state legislatures uh, today regarding the school's ongoing Title IX scandal. Uh, on Wednesday, yesterday, lawmakers requested that LSU Athletics Executive Sharon Lewis, who's filing a lawsuit against the university, um, yeah, current employee filing a lawsuit um, claiming that she was mistreated because she was trying to report these things. Um, she's going to appear today or was asked to appear today to answer questions about their mishandling of sexual misconduct cases. Um, they asked her to show up after Ed Ordron and Scott Woodward declined to answer questions in person. LSU blocked that request with a letter to lawmakers on Wednesday saying persons associated with the university cannot answer questions under oath because of that pending lawsuit. Um, this is not going away. It's just another day. It's another day, another news story where um, it's not going away. I, I used to be cynical about it and think that nothing was going to happen to them. But now that you've got two federal departments uh, investigating the school for their mishandling of this, uh, I don't think it's going anywhere. Oh yeah, on top of the NCAA. So I think it's. Uh, I think we're just getting started. I think these processes just take too long, which is why people like me uh, and others are, are quite cynical about the process and don't think that anything's going to happen to them. Well, I've completely changed my mind. I think they got it coming. It's just a matter of time. But anyway, that's uh, that's in the news today. So thank you for tuning in. Sorry for the uh, the short. Uh, short version of this. I just had a quick thought about college football, how they ruined their postseason by going to the playoff instead of either doing the bowl games plus the playoff or expanding to eight. I think we're in this um, purgatory of uh, we've lost all compelling matchups. Half the country doesn't matter. It, it is not in a good state right now, and I think there's an easy solution to it. And thanks to a meme, 
for the content today. But y'all have a great weekend. I'm going to be down eating oysters and stuff in the Big Easy for the next few days. Y'all have a great weekend. Enjoy the Masters. And uh, I will talk to you again on Monday morning. Y'all have a good one. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.